Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. Dear Niall, I'm disgusted at a leaflet I got through the door yesterday. And I have the leaflet here. I'll read it out to you in a second. Uh, at the leaflet I got through the door yesterday, it said that immigrants were coming to Galway and it encouraged people to get out and protest. And it was full of lies saying they were all men and unvetted and all straight from the racist playbook. Can you please discuss it on your show and tell these people that the protests are absolutely an embarrassment to humanity and they're all a bunch of racists. There is no immigrants coming. Anyway, she goes on her, you had it is a she, T in Galway. The government needs to bring in laws with immediate effect to ban these protesters from anywhere near a refugee centre or an accommodation centre. And if they do, they should face jail time. Signed, Dean Goway. Now, firstly, is she right? Well, th- there is a leaflet going around and I'm looking at it here. It even has a Q. They went to a lot of trouble with this one. There's a QR code on it and everything. Ballybrit Industrial Estate Safety Concern has over 300 migrants due to arrive this week. Protest Friday the 26th of May at 1900. Uh, Johnson & Johnson Building, Block 3, Corporate House, Ballybrit Business Park, Galway. And it gives the address and everything there. right? And it goes on to say, anyway, Ballybrit Industrial Estate is set to receive 302, it's very specific actually, migrants of unknown origin. This was decided without consultation or consent from the local community. Number one, concerns. No background checks are carried out on these people. Number two, concerns. Violent migrants at City West and Dublin have been relocated across the country. Uh, they should be deported. Number three, our community is becoming increasingly dangerous to walk around at night. Number four, our services are stretched to breaking point, our elderly, our children, and our vulnerable are being neglected while the government spends millions to give housing to migrants. Number five, who is profiting from these migrant centres? And why aren't locals allowed to voice their concerns? We are never asked. Please spread the news to your neighbours and drop this leaflet anywhere you can. They may not be aware of it. Now, to the person who wrote in the email, you're saying the leaflet is nonsense. Well, whatever about the concerns being nonsense. The, the actual story, there's an element of truth to it because I decided I'd look it up and find out exactly what's going on. So, the Irish Times reported two days ago there are plans to house 300 asylum seekers in a building in an industrial estate in the outskirts of Galway City. Minister for Equality, Roderick O'Gorman, said uh, the site is to be the latest property repurposed as an emergency accommodation centre as the government continues to struggle to source shelter for the continuing numbers of asylum seekers. And its internal briefing for local TDs outlined asylum seekers would be placed in the repurposed, refurbished building in Ballybrit, around four kilometres north of Galway City. The asylum seekers placed into the accommodation would be male uh, international protection applicants. Well, so far, actually, the leaflet seems to be true. They are all men. And it goes on to say the property has a capacity for 302 and 62 rooms. My, they got the numbers even right, 302, to the, actually, to the number. The document said it was not possible to say with certainty what the length of stay will be, but given the pressures on the state-provided accommodation for Ukrainian refugees and asylum seekers, the Department of Equality hoped to sign a two-year contract to use the site. Well, they're there for the long term, so. Um, And the building had a valid fire certificate as well as fire alarms throughout. The state is under pressure to house more than 60,000 Ukrainian refugees and over 20,000 asylum seekers following the Russian invasion. Now, by the way, can I just point out, I don't know what the Irish Times... That's a, that's a false line. So the state has been under pressure to house more than 60,000 Ukrainian refugees and 20,000 asylum seekers following the Russian invasion of Ukraine. The, the 20,000 asylum seekers has nothing to do with the invasion of Ukraine. Absolutely nothing to do with it. Anyway, and an increase on the arrival of asylum seekers from other countries. 
Recent weeks have seen a renewed effort to source additional accommodation after the number of asylum seekers unable to be offered shelter surpassed 500, leaving many sleeping on the streets rough in Dublin. Speaking on Tuesday, Mr O'Gorman said the department officials had been engaging with local politicians and Galway City Council to adva- in advance of asylum seekers being moved into Ballybrit properties. We've done a detailed briefing in terms of what's planned for this particular location and if more questions come up, we can obviously respond to them in a detailed way. Now, let me go into a little bit more information here, right? So that's the, the Irish Times reporting that what is actually on the leaflet, and I'm sorry to our e- emailer, is actually true, with the exception of the concerns. The concerns are personal opinions and views. But it is 302. It is all men. They are all from Dublin uh, because they're the ones that were homeless in Dublin, most likely, or up in City West, as you know. And parts of it, well, the, the local service would be at breaking point, I imagine, when you've got an increase in population. So that would be reasonably true. Background checks. Okay, let's get to the background checks. According to the newspaper yesterday, a report was released under Freedom of Information in relation to background checks on people. And it seems that we we have here December, January, February, March, April. Out of the uh, people that arrived at Dublin Airport, this is only Dublin Airport, this is just December, 455 had no documentation. 96 had false documentation. 15 claimed to be minors who weren't minors. I'm 16 years of age when they're actually 32. So that's 566 committed fraud, essentially arriving into the country. In January, 325 had no documentation. 61 had false documentation. Two claimed to be minors. In February, 223 had no documentation. 86 had false documentation. Seven claimed to be minors. So in total... Thousands of undocumented people are coming into the country with no documentation, false documentation, or claiming to be minors. Now, the reason they use false documentation is outlined today by journalist John Mooney. And he writes in GRIP that the system is on the brink of collapsing. And he points at tweets issued by Minister Roderick O'Gorman outlining the benefits to asylum seekers. This is last year. Minister Helen McEntee's amnesty for illegal immigrants in the country last year as key factors in the climb in numbers of arrivals to Ireland. The total number of asylum applications in 2009 was 4,780. In 2020, it dropped down, of course, because of COVID to 1,556. But the figure rose again to 2,649 in 2021, with the majority of applicants being from Nigeria, Georgia, Somalia, Afghanistan. A year after Rodrigo Gorman put those tweets out and Helen McEntee claimed an amnesty or announced an amnesty, the numbers jumped to 13,651. That's as my books, that's a seven or a six hundred percent increase. Because they basically said, You're all welcome. As Matt Tracy has explained on his platform, the international statistics also indicate that Ireland is the main target per head of population for Georgians. Now remember, there's no war in Georgia. In twenty twenty one, Ireland received the sixth highest number of refugee applications from Georgia in the entire world. Figures from the International Protection Office show that the very significant numbers of those arriving in Ireland claiming asylum are from countries that have no war and are considered to be safe. (coughs) Pardon me, excuse me. I even noticed when you take a breakdown of the nationalities of people, the United States is listed. There's like 20-something people from the United States claiming asylum. How can you claim asylum from the United States? How? What, your life is in danger? Well, if your life is in danger in the United States, then you go to the police. I mean, how do you claim asylum from the United States? Anyway, there's also people... Last week on Upfront, there was a guy who claimed asylum. He said he was living on the streets. 
He came from South Africa, where there's no war, and it's not considered to be one of the countries that you can claim asylum from. Came to Ireland on a holiday, and he liked it, so he stayed. That's not as being an asylum seeker. That's an opportunist. Anyway, the journalist Mooney went on to say that many also lie about the nationality to try and secure residency rights by claiming to be refugees fleeing persecution. For example, Pakistani nationals claim to be Afghans fleeing the war, while Kenyans claim to be Somalians. And this is why they use false documentation. Um, so the bottom line is that person wants, she said, we should be ashamed of ourselves. We should be embarrassed by these protests. And of course, the government are saying the same thing, that you're all right wing if you're, you know, protesting. And look, we all accept that there are people who need help. But when you look at the statistics, which were printed on the newspapers yesterday under Freedom of Information, it does seem the wool is being firmly pulled over a lot of people's eyes that we're looking at a situation where we have a lot of economic migrants in the country with no documentation, we've no idea who they are. That seems to be the case. So what are we doing about it? The answer, nothing. We're actually putting them up. We're giving them accommodation, we're giving them food, we're giving them free health care, education if they need it, and anything else. So why wouldn't you come to Ireland? What is going on? I mean, what, what is the purpose of all this? To annoy people? Because that's we're doing a really good job of that. But... Getting back to the original point, you cannot blame the migrants for that. It's not their fault. They're taking advantage of a flawed system. Simple. It's basic, isn't it? They're taking advantage of a situation whereby they can come here and they can claim asylum and they can tear up their passport on the aeroplane and throw it away because they'll still be allowed in anyway and they'll never be deported because, unfortunately, we're not deporting anybody. And I only heard during the week that even deportations in Ireland are voluntary. So if you get a deportation order, you voluntarily deport yourself. We don't actually grab you, handcuff you, put you on a plane as they do in some other countries and bring you to an airport and stick you on a plane. That doesn't happen. Certainly hasn't happened in a long time in this country. So essentially nobody really gets deported unless you commit a very serious crime to appear before the courts. And even that's extremely rare. We've seen those cases highlighted in the High Court. So where do we go from here? And is this person right? Because it's not their fault and they're just taking advantage of a situation and a loophole in the Irish law and stupidity in Irish uh, immigration policy, or do we have immigration policy anymore? It looks like we don't have immigration policy anymore. So what do we do? Do we do what this person suggested? Where is the humanitarian bones in our body? Do we ban protesting around refugee centres? They suggested banning protesting around abortion clinics there going back last year. But the minister said it was complicated because, of course, the Constitution gives you the right to protest in peaceful, peaceful assembly. So I want to ask you a question. Do you believe we should ban protesting outside refugee centres? Because clearly for those people who are in there, it can be intimidating. I'm not denying that for a minute. Of course it can. And again, as I said, for most of those are innocent people. They're economic migrants but they're innocent people who could feel intimidated by groups of chanting mobs outside shouting, go home, go home, which is not really the way we should be dealing with things. But if the government actually listened to people, we probably wouldn't have to do that. If the government actually took on board people's concerns, if Roderick O'Gorman for one minute said to, them, said to himself, well, listen, we have a housing crisis, we have a problem, we don't have anywhere to put people, uh, we need to put the brakes on for a little while till we sort this mess out, then maybe we could let more people in. Because remember, Ireland could sustain a population of 10 million people and having a lot of unskilled workers coming into the country is not a big deal. It's not a big problem, realistically, as long as they're good people. Because we have a lack of people to work in hospitality. We have a lack of people to work in construction. So it wouldn't really be too much harm, provided they were all working. But are they? The problem is, unfortunately, no, they're not. 
because the majority of people who come to Ireland, without those, who, I'm not talking about those who come through the visa process, are not working. And if they do work, if you're unskilled, you're going to be on low wages. If you're on low wages, well, then you'd be sustained by the state and have to get housing anyway, so you then become a burden on the state. Anyway, now maybe your children won't and the next generation won't. So there's loads of arguments for and against it. But the original argument, the original email, suggested that we should have uh, a ban on protests outside of these centres. And I'm asking you, would that be a good idea? Those in favour say aye, those in favour say no. I want to know what you think. The number's 87 And it seems the majority of people who are texting as I speak are saying absolutely not. There should be no legislation. I will get John to give priority to your call if you believe there should be legislation to stop people from protesting. And I'm quite willing to listen to your reasons why. I want to hear your reasons why. And I want to hear your reasons why you think that all this is acceptable. I genuinely do. So I will give you priority. So if you do want to come on and you want to defend people's right, or not or not defend people's right to protest, if you want to object to people protesting outside refugee centres, I will give you as much airtime as you need. Because I would like to give the topic balance. Uh, the number is 087-188-0008. That's 087-188-0008. Text or WhatsApp right now. Should we ban protests outside the accommodation for refugees? Let me go to Catherine. Catherine, you're on Ireland's Classic Hits Radio. How are you doing, Catherine? Hi, Niall. How are you doing? Um, you summed it up there absolutely what I would say myself. You summed it up correctly. The whole thing is Niall. The government are not listening to anyone. They're in this hole now and they cannot get out of it. It's just getting worse and worse, escalating all over the place. As you say, the people coming here, if you heard about all the things that you're getting in another country, I don't know if you heard, you probably didn't, but Pat Kenny had a guy going out and he was interviewing the people on the streets. And one man was from um, the Caribbean, the other man was from Tunisia. Two different areas. I, I, I read the list today. It came out yesterday. Yeah. It was in the newspapers yesterday on the Freedom of Information. Yeah. There was people from Mauritius. There was yeah. people from the Philippines. There was people exactly. from the Caribbean, from America. Yeah. They're not fleeing persecution. No. No, they're no. not. No. No. And he actually said to the guy, he said to uh, the man who was interviewing him, he had a reporter going out, and he said to them, he said to the man from um, Tunisia, which obviously we know is North Africa, he said, why would you be coming here? He said, you're on a roll here. You see, you're actually in Africa where you were. You're one of the very few would speak French fluently. Yeah. You know, you'd be on a roll, and you went to France, and you were happy enough there. Why would you want to come to Ireland? So he got a bit, little bit uh, flustered, and he's him and on. He just said, well, I, I was kept being stopped in the street. I was stopped in the street. In France, I kept being stopped in the street. So he said, how long were you there? Three years. So he said, why would you just suddenly come? Well, I did hear, he said, that the island was very nice and I would be looked after, I would get a job and above all, I would get accommodation. <laughs> so, so why wouldn't said. you come to Ireland? Oh, of course. And, and this is the point out, in Grip Media's day, journalist course. John Mooney uh, wrote this piece mm. and he said, it's not just a coincidence that after mm. Roderick O'Gorman put out this tweet in many languages, as you know, and also mm-hmm. Helen McEntee, Minister of Justice, uh, gave an amnesty to illegal immigrants that the numbers went up by 600%. Of, of course it did. Because yeah. everybody contacted their friends. They come to Ireland. Look what yeah. they're doing here. You're Absolutely. Ne- <laughs> That's what the man said. Like when he was in France, obviously, like, like I, I don't know about you, but I cannot speak French. But obviously he would have been on a roll there. He would have had no problem with the language. You know, he was, speak, he did speak French fluently, this guy. And his English wasn't bad, but he was, you know, he got a bit stomach. He didn't know what to say. Being on radio, i.e. you couldn't tell his reaction, but you could hear he didn't expect to be asked that question. No, no. And he was trying to blase over it. But the whole thing about Zyla is this. 
As you say, I just think, I, I can't understand Roderick O'Gorman, the man is, I know he's a Green Party man and all that. He's, I think he was just throwing the poison chalice. He goes AWIL half the time, you can't even hear him, hear from him. And Helen, Helen McEntee is the Minister for Injustice. I mean, in all honesty, it worries me when I see those people in those so important jobs. Now, you've got Simon Harris at the moment, who's two other jobs with the job as the Minister for Justice at the moment. Mm-hmm. He's another two jobs to go with this one. And you look at the man, he can't cope. The man is a skeleton. Yeah. He's in bits. He can't cope. He's another yeah, I, two I big I did job. notice he's got a bit grey looking lately, oh, actually. Absolutely. <laughs> the man, I'm, I'm not, Gene, I'm not putting them down. I mean, I would look worse, I'd say, if it was me, having to hold down two. And the Minister for Justice at the moment is, should be somebody who's the finger on the button all the time. It's such a, a big problem at the moment. We're absolutely being swamped. Yeah. Swamped and I'm, I'm, I'm looking here at, you know, the figures again that we released there yesterday. And, mm. and they give you the breakdown of male versus female versus right. incorrectly documented minors, which I thought was bizarre. Yeah. So that, oh, that's yeah. like 30-year-olds pretending they're 16. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a child. You can't throw me out. Yeah, you can't. You can't. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But there's yeah. Uh, twice as many men as women. Um, yeah. This is just people seeking international protection. Uh, yeah. And on average, there's twice as many men, if not three times, actually. For example, mm. in December, there was 455. Now, these are the ones, by the way, with no documentation. Exactly. This is include yeah. the ones that do have documentation. Yeah. 455. Yeah. In, this is just December. 455 men and uh, women was 151. Mm. And then you were saying, was it 2022, there was 13,651? Um, in t- uh, 30, yeah, so the numbers jumped in the space mm. of one year um, yeah, from 2,649 2, to 13,651. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, I'm not, I can't say I'm surprised I'm not. But you hear, like, uh, somebody's actually saying it, and you hear the voice telling you them figures. I mean, I don't know. Uh, I listen to Pat Kenny in the morning. <laughs> He's on at t- nine. Now, it is news talk, so they're not like RT. They're not terrified to put their foot in it. And Pat Kenny threw all those questions at the Minister O'Brien. He yeah. threw all those questions at him. And he fumbled and he fastled and he fumbled about the answers. He said, how come they're getting in here with no papers, no passports? He had been saying this all along now. And your man, the Mr. O'Brien said, yes, but he said, those people are terrified to say where they come from because they could be, you know what I mean, they could be sent back. They're afraid they'll but, be but sent the, back. But, the, but, that's, but, but that's lying then. You can't just <laughs> lie. I mean, it gives you an example in this that yeah. people from Pakistan will claim they're Afghans and yeah. people who are Kenyans will claim they're Somalians. Exactly. Yeah, because you exactly. know, they, otherwise they'll exactly. be sent home. But isn't that the whole point and principle of, yeah. of immigration policy? That if you're not coming yeah. from somewhere, you get sent home. Because you can't exactly. just wander into a country. No, no. And as you say, you point out, and you say, I have a sister in Australia, she's there a long time now, and you and Owen, I know, I mean, she tells us all the time, and she's there, as I say, a long time, and my few friends over there and cousins and that, they all say the same thing. If you don't have the job, or you're not doing the job that they want, you can forget it. Yeah. You needn't bother. You can get to the train, you can fly over there on your plane and go in. You're put into a holding place. I mean, it's only a room. You don't even get to get into the airport, and you're put nicely back on a plane. Uh, if you come in with any fault, okay. Getting, getting saying, back to the protest, so I, and I want to, I, I want to hear from people from Galway as I, well. I, I, I don't think, I don't think they, you know, they start if they found the protest. Um, now we're finished, because I mean the genuine people who really want to protest genuinely now, genuinely, they'd be snookered completely. But there are, you know, the, the problem with the protest is most of the people, eighty percent of the people on the protest, mm. are good, decent people who are concerned, yeah. right? But it does get hijacked by head cases yeah, with flags around, it. wrapped around them, and all sorts. I of things. know. You know what I mean? That's the thing. 
So, but th- and that's the problem, isn't it? And you know, mm. and then you see them standing outside the accommodation, shouting, "Go home!" Ew, yeah, ew, that, ew. that doesn't solve the problem. No, of that's course just, not. That's just um, that's just frenzies, kind of. That's a frenzy thing. That's you know, and then let's put it this way: no one's going to take that seriously. That's not a protest. That's just somebody kind of trying to be, shall we say, causing havoc and causing mm. more problems that are already there that you don't need to be adding to the problem. Mm. So I think protesting definitely. If now, as I say, the whole thing, Niall, and I said it the other night, and I keep saying this all along, if you don't have a cap or a cut-off point, this is just going to get, if it can get any worse, it can't get much worse. Well, of course it can. Well, of course it can get, get worse. I mean, the fact, that, the fact that we've been named as the most popular destination yeah. for Georgians. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. it's like a holiday destination. I mean, well, I couldn't believe what RTE was, right? RTE did this program that I called up front. It's on every Monday or whatever it is, right? So, oh, yeah, so Katie they, Hammond, is it? Oh, yeah, yeah, Katie yeah, Hammond. Yeah, so so yeah. they basically got people who were on the streets in tents in Mount Street and brought yeah, them into the audience. Yeah, so they had one guy, and, and this guy sitting there, and a South African chap, nice chap, I'm sure. But I said to him, so why did you come and claim asylum in Ireland? And he says, I was here on a holiday, and I liked yeah. it, so I decided <laughs> I to stay. Well, I said to myself, that's not an asylum seeker. <laughs> exactly. I, was on a ho- I, was, I was on holidays yeah. in America 30 years ago, and I you stayed like for stay. six months. <laughs> I, no, you I did. But if I, had, I, I, if I got caught, I would have been sent home very quickly. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the thing about it is, in all honesty, there is no joined up thinking. They're all, everybody is kind of, now you see, we're in such a heap, and it is a heap, that nobody can get a grasp on anything. It's gone to the point now, you keep saying the next day, I'm not going to listen because it's getting on my nerves. I'm only frustrating myself. I won't listen again. And then something worse comes out. You keep saying, oh my God, how worse. This can't get much worse. And it's but but just what I couldn't, worse. what blows my mind is, RT were doing this whole feeling sorry for him and and don't get me wrong he's living yeah. in a tent right but here's the thing yeah. but if you were in any other country in the world and you arrived with no money and you were living in a tent it's not you up to the government but, but they're not the government of that country are not responsible for you no. what do you do give them, give you money as you walk in yeah. as you get off the plane or something I, I don't know and what people want something I, do. you, I, I don't look at RT News <laughs> but I said to myself when I heard that conversation with Pat Kenny and all the rest about all the you know he's been going on about the do- undocumented of course and math passport he has I give him his due he's putting it forward and I just said to myself in all honesty listen to that and trying to get that into your head and next of all all, I don't really look at the news, but I did specifically yesterday. I looked at RT News. Not one of those bulletins now I've said anything about that. But his, what, what I can understand, has security gone out the window? Because if exactly. you've got, if you've yeah. got in one month, right, uh, yeah. 455 people with no documents. Mm. This is just yeah. December, right? 455 with no documents and 96 with false documents, right? Yeah. Coming into Dublin Airport. And then what happens then? I'm claiming asylum. All right, there you go. See you now. Yeah. There's a meal voucher in a yeah. tent. I mean, do, do we, any other country in the world, you would be put somewhere until we find out who you are. Yes. Do you know what I mean? You could be anybody. Yes. It seems to be the thing, as you say, they seem to come in and they can, like the guys coming off the plane, some of them are coming over on ferries, of course, as you know, and coming down from Belfast. That's what they're doing. Those two, well, that one, was, the other man that was there said we he haven't, came We way. haven't included those in the list, by the way. No, they're not included they in have, the list. Come, the, the Caribbean <laughs> man said he came on a, 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 a tanker a big tanker, and that brought him to England. He stayed there for a couple of months, and obviously he wasn't staying there. So he got himself on a ferry and got to Belfast and came down on the train. He right. said that himself. And he said, yes, he said, and see, much did, you, did they pay any money? He said, oh, I had to pay the guy a thousand euro to get me that this far. So I don't know who he paid the thousand euro to, but anyway, the most, obviously there are the smugglers and all that. So, I mean, he had that kind of money. He said he did. Now, I don't know if he paid that or not. That could be just talk. But, I mean, in all honesty, you shouldn't be able to come in anywhere and just go to an office and say, listen, I'm claiming asylum. You shouldn't, it shouldn't be that easy. 
No, you're right. It shouldn't be. Do me a favor. We'll stay there. Let me go to Margaret as well. Margaret, you're an Ireland's Classic. It's radio. How you doing, Margaret? Hello, Margaret. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> she, Margaret's listening to the radio in the background. There's the problem here now. You see. Margaret. <laughs> mm-hmm. right, we'll have to come back to Margaret. She's gone off. She's hey, wandered man, off. How are you? Oh, there she is. Margaret, turn off your radio in the background there. Thanks very much. Hold on. Oh, no. See, Margaret, it's live radio. You know, you can't just be hanging around the phone or whatever you're in. What do you do? Margaret! Hello, man. Yeah, Margaret, can you hear me now? Hello? Yeah. Go ahead. What do you want to say? Hello? Oh, right, okay. God, give me patience. That's all I've got to say. <laughs> i got to go to uh, John. Is it John? How you doing? How you doing, Noel? How are you? Good, John. Nice to talk to you. Sorry about that. I'm losing me the, with the will to live there. <laughs> <laughs> John, do you? I, I mean, you understand the situation, what's going on, but do you believe that people should be stopped from protesting? Because as much as we're all talking about this and we're saying it's wrong, it's wrong, it's wrong, it's not really their fault. They're just taking advantage of a situation. Well, look, Noel, here's the thing. Um, I'm going to say this, Noel, you know, and you, you've seen over the last few years what protests have achieved and protests have done for this country. And I just want to name one. Uh, let's not forget the Jobstown protest and the water protest there with Paul Murphy and what have you not. Now, no, that was a big achievement. That was a huge achievement, actually. And it stopped the Irish water from doing what they were going to do in this country. You know? So I just want to throw that across your lap and across the listeners' laps mm-hmm. that protests actually work when you walk them in a good way, Noel. Yeah. No, I, I, know, when I, 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 I know. I know. There's power in numbers. I get that. And here's the thing, Noel. I've seen protests there in the last few months, last few years, and I've said to myself, oh, for fuck's sake, are you serious? You know, so it, it depends on what the protest is all about, Noel. Yeah, but it is it? But, but if you've got if, if you've got a load of lads, because it seems to be lads mainly, in an accommodation centre, and they're taking advantage of a system here in Ireland which is broken, clearly, right? And I, I don't think anybody at this stage will claim that it's not broken. It's clearly broken. They're taking advantage of that system, and they're, they're they've moved here, and they're getting money, and they're getting accommodation, and they're getting food, and they're getting looked after. Anyway, and then all of a sudden, there's like two hundred local residents outside, like villagers of Frankenstein. And they're shouting, get out, go home, go home. It's a bit intimidating. It's not their fault. It's the government's fault. That's where your problem is, with the government, not them. No, I, 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 I've said this from day one. The government are doing this, and it's, it's unfair for the government to do it, what they're doing to the Irish people. There's no doubt about it. And it's shocking, Noel, that, you know, I have nephews and nieces trying to rent, trying to get accommodation, trying to do this, trying to do that. They can't get it, Noel. And the simple fact is, Everywhere is full because of the immigration of mm. everybody coming into the country. We, we, you know, they can't get anywhere to rent. They're, they're all living at home. Um, you like, Noel, it's shocking what the government have done to the country. And protests, you know, I do think, you know, that it needs to be done, Noel, in that sense. I, 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 no, I don't disagree with you. Well then, well then, well then, hang on. Well then, hang on. Governments are just doing what they like, and it seems to me just doing what the fuck they like, Noel. And they don't care about the Irish communities, about the Irish welfare of the people of the world, and um, and where the shitheads that are voting these 
idiots in, which Sinn Féin has a lot to answer for as well, Noel. Well, well, then, well, well then, it's simple. What you do is organise your big protest, oh, if that's what... Well, hang on. and But do it down O'Connell Street up to the doll. Well, Noel, it, didn't, it doesn't work. We've done the doll, we've done everything. I've been in protest before, Noel. You know, and the only ah, they're Mickey Mouse protests. The, the ones that I've seen, the, the, if people really have an axe to grind with the government in relation to this particular issue, the, the protests I've seen are Mickey Mouse. You know, 50 mm. or 60 local residents walking around stopping traffic. That's oh, not going to do any good. Well, Noel, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm talking about, Noel, the protest where I was at with the likes of uh, Glenn Hansard and um, Christy. Uh, oh, know, yeah, they, they um, were all big protests. Yeah. And the water, the, the big water charge went down O'Connell Street, but there was about 100,000 people that day. Yeah. They, and they uh, worked. Amazing, yeah, absolutely. But was he? Well, yeah. But the problem is, in the moment with this particular issue, if you dare protest or even have any concerns whatsoever, and I think everybody has a concern now at this stage, you're called a right wing racist. Right. There we go. Now, Noel, can I just say this? To you? I don't know if you've seen the video. I've seen it, and it's all over social media. Now, there was a foreign guy. Now, it was at the square in Tata. And he's actually masturbating. Now, it's all over social media. I've seen, I've seen the video. I've seen the video. But now, with respect, John, right, you're going to get weirdos in every community. Uh, like, he's not... clearly a weirdo and needs to be arrested and put in a cell somewhere, right? But I've seen Irish people doing things just as bad. It doesn't matter well, whether... Well, it, that instant... I, if you want to, I can find a million of those instances, right? Loyal. Both well, foreigners that... and Irish people. Well, I get that. But, Noel, all I'm pointing out is the amount of lunatics that are coming into this country is amazing. I, I've you know? no doubt when you've got 20,000 people from in, for seeking international protection from different countries around the world, that's not including Ukrainian refugees coming into the country, there's going to be no cases. There's always oh, going oh, to be. If you, uh, if you take, oh, take 100,000 people from any sample in the world, you're going to get a few no cases. Well, it's not fair, Noel. No, it's no, not fair no. on communities. It isn't. And it's not fair on everybody and anybody that's living in the local communities. And, Noel, remember that protest, just going back to that protest, Wickland Hansard and, and the whole lot. Noel. That was the uh, that was the Apollo House thing, wasn't it? Yeah. The Apollo House. Yeah, that's yeah. Right, Noel. And yeah. what what was everybody told? Oh, you can't you can't be living in an office block. Now, Noel, what the fuck are they doing now? They're putting every foreigner that's coming in off buses into office blocks, into into mm-hmm. uh, you know, I've never seen nothing like it, Noel. And Noel, I even feel threatened. I I don't get threatened very often. I feel threatened by this myself because I have young kids growing up and they need a future, Noel. They need the likes of us to stick up for themselves and um, uh, stick up for them because they're too young. Obviously, you know, we need to do something, Noel. And what do we do? We did... We, we don't... I assume you have no issue, by the way, with the, the asylum process, provided it's people genuinely coming from war. I'm assuming you have no issue with Noel, that. I don't have a problem with anybody has a passport and they're screened. But, Noel, that's not the case. And the fact of the matter is, they're coming in and truckloads and busloads. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? All right, well, listen, i got to go to break. Oh, I was going to Margaret before the break. Hang on. Margaret, are you there now? Hello, Niall. How are you? Hi, Sorry yes. about that. That's all right, Margaret. I know you did, yeah. Margaret. <laughs> I'm aware of that. I can tell. I, have a full, I always have this, like, it's like a, sec, <laughs> a fix, sixth sense. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, Margaret, what, what no. would you like to say? So, you sympathise with the, with the refugees coming in. Okay, I do. Okay. I do. And I'm not far now from Valley Bridge where those men are going to go into. Now, I just think of, if it happened to us, if we, if the... You know, if we had to leave our country, we did. none of those... Wa- we did. None no, of those hang on, John. Let her finish. Uh, 
none of those people want to leave their country, but they have to. And, well, Mark, you know, say something to you? No, no, hang on, John. Just, just let John let, let her let, Mark, let her finish what she wants to say first. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. And Mark. I know there's an awful lot now, and I know, like, uh, taking up, but the buildings they are taking up, there, there's nobody there. They're, they're, they're far. You know, they're not taking over a place that's already doing something, or you know, and they don't like being in hotels either because they just want to get housed and. You know, I just think if if it happened to me, and I I wouldn't disagree with you, Margaret. And I wouldn't disagree with you. And you're right; it did happen to many Irish and they went all over the world. But here's the thing, right? When you're coming from war or you're fleeing war, everybody absolutely accepts that you're looking for a better life somewhere else, and and God love them, etc., etc. Right? But we have to respect the fact that people are right. The vast majority of these people are not coming from war. They're just coming oh, from Ireland to Ireland because it's economically better than where they live. Now, that's not our fault here in Ireland that maybe their country isn't as wealthy as ours or doesn't have the same quality of life as ours. So they're looking for a better life. There's nowhere in law that says you're entitled to go to another country for a better life because that's being an economic migrant. That's illegal. So, right, right. Do you understand what I'm saying? So under the asylum process, there is a criteria that you're, you're, you must be fleeing persecution, your life must be in danger, and you must be coming from war. It also states under that same convention, the UN convention, that you must go to the first safe country. Now, for a lot of these places like Georgia and Albania and all, Ireland is not the first safe country. Sure, we're nowhere near them. So, so these are all in breach of the convention, but we're still accepting it. Yeah, go go ahead, John. And Noel, you're, you're and I'm not blaming the refugees for that, by the way. Sorry, sorry. No, I could have said it better, Noel. But, but I want to say to Margaret, Margaret, how are you? Margaret, I just want to say this to you, and I want to say this to you, Margaret. You know what is not fair either? Bringing the people into this country, and they're intense. They're all over town. I've seen it myself, Margaret. I'm in town every day of the week. They're all there. They're lying in tents, and they're waiting for help, and it's not coming, Noel, Margaret, for the simple reason is, the country is full, Margaret. It's not fair on them either, Margaret. So I I, I agree with Yeah. Because there are, if they're like, I'm really speaking about those, the Ukrainians that had to leave their country, you know, but those that are, as you say, you know, they, they should, they should be uh, sent back again if they're, if they're well, not, Margaret, you know. Everybody jumped on the gravy train here and there's no doubt about it. Now, the likes of Paul Morphy, Sinn Féin and, and every person that actually said that I was speaking up, I voted for Sinn Féin, I did, I'll admit it. And I won't be yeah. wrong. <laughs> I voted for Sinn Féin, I did, I admit it. It's almost like you committed a sin. <laughs> a broken law. <laughs> they told us, Noel, that they were in the best interest of the Irish people. You know, that, well, you, know that, you know there's groups every week that sit around in a circle and a table. Hi, my name is John. I voted for Sinn Féin. Well done, John. Well done. <laughs> Noel, and and the first step is admitting it. You know, and, and I won't make that mistake again, Noel. Well, I mean, look, people voted for Sinn Féin because they voted for something different and they wanted something different. Unfortunately, now a lot of people are saying that Sinn Féin have, you know, uh, did a U-turn on a lot of the policies they had. Okay. but, but okay. I know. Okay, yeah. but Margaret, everybody accepts. And what you're, I, I completely agree with what you're saying, Margaret. But the problem is, and you said, yes, if they're not genuine, they should be sent back. But the problem is, yeah. nobody is getting sent back. And we listened last week, I think it was in the Oireachtas, to one of the ministers suggesting that he was asked how many people are being deported. And I think the number was last year, 144 deportation orders were given. 
But out of the 144 deportation orders, I don't think any of them actually left the country because he said it's voluntary. And I said, well, what do you mean by that? And he says, well, we don't go looking for them. We just serve the deportation order and it's they voluntarily have to leave the country. Now, <laughs> here's a deportation order. If you want to go there now, off you go. See you now. And they're not going to leave. Why would they? Do you know what I mean? It's not like we're... It's, and in other countries, you'd actually be arrested. You know what I mean? You're listening to Nighttime Talk with Niall Boylan. With Recruit.ie. Download our job search app today. Search for Recruit.ie in your smartphone app store. Ireland's Classic Hits Radio. All right, let me go to Kevin if I can. Kevin, how are you doing? You're on Ireland's Classic Hits Radio. Hey, Niall. You're well. Good. Good. Kevin, um, should there be a ban on protests where they're housing refugees? Uh, logically, yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's getting... Look, look. Yes. Because if if we do it for refugees, what's next? And we continue on, like, something doesn't come up that people don't like. But at the end of the day, let's be... Let's, I don't isn't that, isn't that, that right? what protest is about? You, you protest over something you don't like. That's not the whole purpose of protest. Oh, yeah. But this is this has come down to a race thing. And personally, I don't think it's a race thing at all. Personally, I just think it's their people just... Uh, now, I know there's people who aren't, but there's a high majority of people like, well, they're going to get all the free stuff I want. And I've said this before. They're going to get all the free stuff before I get the free stuff. And that's what the protest is about. It's got nothing to do with tax or race or nothing. So if everybody who's out there protesting, who's on the social welfare or whatever, right, and got all the free stuff that they wanted, they wouldn't have a damn. They wouldn't care a damn who moved into the area. Right? Because... So I, you're saying it's begrudgery. Week, it's some sort of begrudgery. Only last week, only last week you had a centrist, right, or a right, right winger, right, left, no, a left winger, saying that I had said on the show... The same thing I just said, and he said, "I know people who've been on the waiting list, and that's what—that's all it's about. That's all." But, but have they, yeah, but have they, well, well, hang on, with it, well, well, hang on, with the respect, if that person's story was true, and they said they knew somebody on the waiting list, I remember the person you're talking about—ten years waiting for a house—and mm-hmm. a, a Ukrainian person is now getting a modular home, and they would have loved that, right? I can understand why they'd be pissed off. I would oh, be. A, no, I mean, because if you've been living here and paying tax here all your life, and you're ha- and you're living in a hotel or whatever it is, or you're homeless, and you can't get a house in the state, or you can't afford to rent somewhere, and you know somebody comes in from another country, they're only here a couple of months, and they're handed a modular house. Of course, you'd be pissed off. Why wouldn't you be? Okay. That's logical. The houses are free. We both agree on that. The difference being is that people come from a war-torn country, or for whatever reason, mm-hmm. as long as as long as it's an honest reason they're coming here for, they don't have family they can turn to. They don't have friends they can turn to. They don't know Jack. They probably barely speak the language. So who's more in need of the bloody... But we, are, but we are. It's not like we're not giving people accommodation. So let's, oh, yeah, say, yeah. Well, let's yeah. take Ukrainians, 60,000 or whatever it is, Ukrainians are 70,000 at this stage. They're yeah. all either in hotels or accommodation or people's houses or whatever it is they are yeah. at the moment. Or they've been given accommodation by the state somewhere. So, and they're is, also living in camp beds in the in Grange Garment. Oh, come on. Oh, yeah, and that too, possibly, yeah. Okay, but... Oh, and no, that, no, but possibly, they are. That would be mainly men. The the ones that they... Women and children are put into better accommodation. That just seems to be the way it is. Because if you look at all the people who were left out in tents uh, two weeks ago, they were men. Um, and what they will do is they will give priority to women and children, which is acceptable, and, and absolutely they should be doing that. 
But realistically, mm. people would say, well, that's fine, but we are accommodating them. We are giving them money. We are giving them f- three square meals a day. Uh, we're giving them education, healthcare, food, yeah. uh, clothing. What more can we do? And then they're saying, well, hold on. I live here. I'm on the housing list. I, you know, why yeah. am I getting the house I'm waiting 10 years for? They're going to give it to somebody else who's not even living here a wet day. And I can understand why that creates begrudgery. I'm not saying it's right, but it creates begrudgery. Of course it does. Yeah, okay. I can I can understand begrudgery, but I don't understand the way they're going about these protests. No, I don't agree. I don't, I don't I don't agree with that's that either. What I don't get, and that's why they need to be reined in. I totally understand what you just said. But, but let's get I to the root. But then let's get to the root of the problem. Stop blaming the protesters and and figure out why they're protesting, why they're angry, and why they're annoyed. Because as I said numerous times, I've seen, that, that video I seen last week summed it up for me, where I saw a guy who was obviously an immigrant, he was living in a tent, there was a lo- some of the locals come over to him, he swung an iron bar and hit one of the locals, the locals beat him up, and I felt sorry for everybody in the situation, because nobody is born to do that, it takes something to drive people to do those things on both sides. So it's government policy. It's bad government policy that's driving a division between people and creating this division. That's, look, Noel, what did I I said only last week. Do you want to do what UK are doing? Send them to Rwanda or put them on a barge? What are we telling you? Well, they, have, they the haven't done that there? yet in the UK. So. No, no, no. But what, what, what was in the news only two days ago? They're talking about putting them people on a barge. Mm-hmm. The same thing. A flotilla, yeah. Said, oh, yeah, the, the UK are doing it. The UK aren't doing it. The UK are contemplating doing it, right? And it's it's an oil rig barge that accommodates. Well, they're, they're suggesting that here off. They're suggesting that here off the coast of Cork as well. By the way, a flotilla. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. We're contemplating that. And I said, do you want to go down that route? We're already going down that route. But right? Kev, but Kevin, but Kevin, there's no choice but to go down those routes because hang on, there's a limit to how many places people can sleep in. You can't just let thousands of people flood into the country when there's already a housing crisis. You just can't no, happen. I haven't finished. finished. Yeah, go on. If people are living on a Multiple hundred, I think it's, I can't remember how many hundreds of holes, barges, they're in hotels. How many of them are getting free houses? And what percentage of all those people on that barge, say that happens, and in those hotels, who probably never get out of those hotels, they will probably, because of the summer season coming in, because the hotels want to make their money. And then, so when many people are getting free houses, none of them. And there's people on the waiting list 20 plus years, and you know that, I know that. And this is long before any of this came along. It's just another excuse to blame somebody else. Okay. Someone else is getting their stuff before they did. Okay, so, well, stay there. Let me just go to Mai. Mai, you're on Ireland's Classic Kids Radio. How are you doing, Mai? Hi. How are you? Mai, you've seen what's happening in Ireland currently at the moment. I mean, who do you yeah. blame for all this? Um, well, first of all, um, I blame the Irish government. Um, second of all, to a certain extent, I would agree with the protest, but without violence. Absolutely, um, I think we, should, we all should agree with no violence. Yeah, without without yeah, any violence at all. Mm-hmm. Without any violence at all. But I watched the news the other day, and I saw that building down in Galway where they're going to put 300 um, asylum seekers into. Um, and I, I'd, immediately I just thought to myself, like... If they're able to find these buildings for all these asylum seekers, how come they're not able to find them 
to to accommodate our own Irish homeless people who because are it won't sleeping. Be good enough for them. Who, but it would be good enough for them. No, it won't. Because no, it won't. They're, they want small it, amount. It, no, it's not good enough for them. And it's that simple. They want the house. They want the free. They want the whole lot. They don't want to live in a hotel, right? Fair but enough. You don't, but it can't you, be easy no, with a family. You, it can't be easy with a family. But, but, but hang on, with the greatest respect, Kevin, going back four years ago, before we had this situation, I didn't see the Irish government going to, into emergency mode to find accommodation for people. Because we're part of a team. We're part of a group. We, okay. we, I'm, not, I'm not saying we don't have a choice. Well, we Actually, we don't have a actually, choice. Actually, well, I have to go to the news in a second. I'm going to keep both of you here. But my, just in relation to the, the protests, and there's a planned protest now in Galway, yeah. Do you think uh, this person suggests in the email we should ban the protest, that it's intimidating? Should we ban the protest? Um, no, I don't think we should ban them completely, but I, sh- I think they should be controlled. Mm. Because, yeah. like, I, like I said, um, if that guy would just let me speak for a second, he's saying, well, our own Irish homeless people, they don't want a hotel room, they don't want this. I personally, personally know a homeless person who I've been trying to help get housed by the council for the last 18 months. And he has just been thrown from one hostel to another, and now he's in a third hostel. And we can't even get a, a room for him off the council, off Dublin City Council. And this man is 68 years of age. Oh, my Okay, okay, do you know how you get around that? This is I'm not, I'm not lying to this. Do you know how you get around that? You take him into your own home. You give him ah, an address. That, you? He can hang on. He can, he can then claim the social welfare because he'll have an address. Then he can get a room. Well, you, you can claim the social welfare without Those days are gone that you can't claim social welfare without an address. You can claim a social welfare with no fixed abode. You use the post office as your fixed abode. Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show.